Before we get started, a quick thank you to Annunciation Designs for sponsoring this episode. Check out Catholic home goods, apparel, baby swaddles, and more beautifully hand-lettered at AnnunciationDesigns.com. This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 86. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a family. We're Cameron and Amber O'Hearn, and today's chat is with Catholic couple and mom and dad to six, Dave and Jenny Eubing. Today's episode is all about natural family planning. Dave and Jenny answer some of your questions, and we chat about the beauty and challenges of NFP. I know you'll find some encouragement and support in this episode. And speaking of encouragement and support, Jenny also shares a bit about the new online NFP community she started called Off the Charts. Lastly, you are listening to an edited version of our conversation with Jenny and Dave. The full episode is available to our patrons who support us at patreon.com slash diapersanddisciples. So a big thank you to you patrons for helping us to continue the podcast. Okay, I love this chat and I know you will too. So let's get right to it. Here's our chat with Dave and Jenny. So um, when you guys think about living out the Great Commission as a family, what comes to mind for you guys? Dave was like joking, like, what do we do? Like, how do we do it? <laughs> I was like, babe, we literally both work for the church. Like, that's- <laughs> we do kind of have official roles that are really geared toward evangelization. I mean, I always tell Dave, like, I, you, I can't escape it. Like, somebody is chatting you up at Costco. Like, what do you do for a living? And you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And like, there's no <laughs> way to like bill ourselves as normal with like even events with our neighbors or it you know yeah I honestly feel like some of the most obvious evangelization that I'm doing really does literally take place at Costco like Mm -hmm. anywhere I'm out with all of the kids people are like staring observing commenting and I have like been able to make the mindset shift from this is so annoying and I feel like I'm under a microscope to people are just curious like we live in Denver, so everyone's very like chill, like you you do you, bro. And so I actually don't I don't really get much negative attention. It's mostly mm-hmm. like people want to talk to you the way they want to talk to somebody with a cute dog or <laughs> um I mean it's just a very similar vibe and so Or you I say look like um, looks like you got your hands full. Right. I mean yeah, I get <laughs> that, mostly people just staring and like kind of smiling like are you, what is going on here exactly? <laughs> Are you a nanny? <laughs> you know, and, they all yours. And it's yeah. some interesting conversations, like in the checkout mm-hmm. line or in parking lots or at parks. And mm. you know, people always want to know immediately, like, "Are you done?" Especially when I'm pregnant. And so that has led to some very vulnerable and I yeah. hope fruitful conversations with total strangers. Yeah. So, so do you ever feel like self conscious in in that way, or have you kind of just like? embraced it and like love it the opportunity to share with people you know when I had like three under four or when I was like pregnant with my fourth I feel like that was the hardest season Mm -hmm. because it just was chaos and it looked like chaos and there was no way to frame it any other way because they were all little but Mm -hmm. now ironically like being pregnant with number six I don't feel and maybe it's because I'm so busy like counting heads and keeping people from getting hit by cars in the parking lot but I don't really feel under the microscope in the same way Hmm. and I kind of if I have the foresight I will like say a prayer just that God if he wants me to talk to somebody like he'll 
make that apparent. And um, I'll just like pray that we would be received by whoever we're going to be in contact with, like with grace and kindness. And Mm. for the most part, that's what happens. Yeah. I love that so much. I'd say that uh, Jenny's a little bit more aggressive than I am by nature. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe not aggressive. I think he means assertive, right? Yeah, that's that's (laughs) (laughs) He's more assertive. Well, my places aren't Costco. It's, Home Depot. I was going to say, you're the pop-up <laughs> Home Depot. Like, what? Uh, doctor's offices, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I would say that I do get that sort of reticence to, is this person really in the place to hear what I have to say to them? And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I just need to be bold and just put it out there. And sometimes I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me, like, just go for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then other times... I just get a sense like, yeah, that's not going to, not going to (laughs) fly. So it's better to just be quiet and take the insult or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I kind of try to like discern on the fly uh, and then I deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because you do kind of have to, I would imagine kind of read like where a person, you know, might be coming from. And so so what about the uh, like Catholic circles or, you know, people know you are, you have an NFP ministry and they see you have uh, five kids with a sixth on the way. Um, are, do you get comments like, uh, I don't know. Uh, so NFP. Right. Is it, is it work? Yeah. Don't you know what causes that? Like, are you guys really going to be able to? Yeah. I had actually my father-in-law who's a wonderful, holy man and like a very devout Catholic was like, he like guffawed when I told him like the premise for off the charts. He was like, okay, like <laughs> a dozen kids. But my, um, my experience with NFP has been the more that I've like leaned into the church's teachings and like let them form me and try instead of trying to conform them to fit my personality or my own struggles, mm-hmm. the more I've, become like aware of oh my gosh what people need isn't necessarily I mean we need good instructors rigorous science technological advancements but over and above everything else the thing people are coming for is community and accompaniment Mm. and I can do accompaniment I know what it's like to look at pregnancy tests that you weren't expecting to turn positive or to feel like overwhelmed and kind of like a victim of your own fertility. Mm. Um, And we just live in a culture that is like so antagonistic to the mere idea of openness to life that it's been a really beautiful opportunity to give people a safe place where they're not going to get called crazy, where they can safely unload some of their burdens without hearing, well, you chose this life for yourself or you shouldn't have had so many dang kids if you're struggling, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of now, sense. Now, it sounds like we're on, you know, step five of the conversation where you're talking about people who are, you know, in, in a community. But what about if we talk about, like, just, you know, people who are considering, like, just between me and my wife or me and my husband. Like, let's talk about why NFP is important and why people should consider NFP, like, for their own marriages. And you mentioned church teaching a little bit ago. What is the church teaching on this? Like, what is, can we define NFP and what it is? Yeah, because there seems to be a lot of questions around, like, 
um, like what is a, a grave reason for, um, you know, trying to avoid pregnancy or even just confusion about, yeah, what NFP is? Uh, yeah, so natural family planning is basically using the God-given rhythms of fertility and infertility that are a part of a woman's uh, cycle to either avoid or achieve pregnancy. So it's not just avoiding, it's, it can also be for achieving. Mm-hmm. Um, and people typically have this impression that, oh, that's just the rhythm method from like the 60s and 70s or whatever, or 30s even. Uh, but it's a lot more advanced than that now. There's a lot more science behind it. There's multiple methods uh, and its effectiveness, either for achieving or avoiding, is, is pretty good. But what it also does is it doesn't, and this is getting into the church teaching part a little bit, uh, but it doesn't place a barrier between a literal barrier or a chemical barrier between the husband's fertility and the wife's fertility. There's no saying with your body, I give all of myself to you except for my fertility, as you would with contraception. So the beauty of, of that is that you're always able to fully accept one another. And then at other times you have to practice uh, abstinence and that isn't easy, but over time, you know, it's, it's like a muscle that you can build up and and strengthen and not going to say it it becomes easy, but it's maybe not as hard Mm. as it it was at the beginning. Yeah. And I like to tell women, especially like NFP or just like fertility awareness is honestly like the most bespoke gynecological care (laughs) that you can get because it's not like a one size fits all here's a dose based on your body weight and nothing else and we don't really know how you'll react and what side effects you'll encounter but it's taking into account like your completely unique biophysical makeup and helping you come into awareness of like the hormonal shifts and rises and falls and other health and medical conditions that can like either reveal or help explain like underlying fertility issues. I just really believe um, it's such an empowerment issue for women um, to become equipped to read the signs and symptoms of their own personal fertility and their biological makeup because in a real sense, medicine has done think women in particular a grave disservice by saying this part of you doesn't matter and not only does it not matter but it's an inconvenience and it needs to be suppressed and so for the millions and millions of women who have any kind of like irregularities be it PCOS or endometriosis or represent (laughs) I'm PCOS so that's (laughs) sorry I'm just embarrassing my wife over here right But it's so common. I mean, one of my sisters has terrible endo and like walking through that journey with her and the frustration of literally not being able to find a doctor who even knows how to address it because the only thing they were taught to do and the only thing they have practiced is writing prescriptions for hormonal contraceptives, Mm. which don't address the underlying cause, but which might alleviate some of the more obvious symptoms. It's so frustrating. Mm -hmm. So... Where does the church teaching come into that? I like have heard the argument like, well, gosh, when you're using like a fertility monitor and temping and doing blood draws to confirm ovulation, that's not very natural. And I always like to emphasize like NFP is natural because you're working with the reality of 
the natural fertility or infertility that you have been given. It's not natural because you're like using twigs and like, a, I don't know, a sundial to like, you know, not a lack of technology that makes it natural. It's natural because it is. Oh, the twig method. Right. <laughs> it's oriented towards reality and it's rooted in natural law. I honestly believe 10, 15 years from now, we're going to be the place where we're doing like a home, like finger prick blood test to confirm ovulation, the way that you can monitor diabetes. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. It's gonna, I mean, it's going to happen, but it's going to happen with consumer demand and with more and more oh, women yeah. waking up and saying like, I'm not satisfied either having this like surgical or chemical like solution that doesn't actually relieve my pain or address mm my underlying dysfunction. So yeah, my lot more problems. Right. So um, when we talk about um, like grave reasons for uh, that, I feel like that's what everyone is always wanting to know. Like what are grave? Where reasons does it even for, come like, from? Yeah. Grave yeah. Do you, do you know where that originally came from? So the phrase, it depends on like what language you read the translation of humana vitae in. But it actually translates to English as serious reason. Okay. Am I right? Well, I've seen both translations. And I've seen grave reason in Cassie Canubi, perhaps. But the point... I'm not sure. The (laughs) point is there isn't... I always tell people, like, there's no list. And there's never going to be a checklist. Like, this is a grave reason, but this is not. This is a medium reason. And two medium reasons could make it... I mean, it's... Hmm. It's intentionally vague because... You have to use prudence falls on the couple it falls on the couple to form their consciences to practice generosity and charity and also humility and like submitting to what the church is asking which is openness and fruitfulness but it also like treats you know holy mother church wants us to be adults not helpless children who just have this like list of rules that we're living by yeah what about the the people out there who you know, like, let's say they just want really practical advice from someone who's an expert uh, like you. And, <laughs> and they want to know, well, I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. Are you an expert? No, definitely okay. not. Definitely. Jenny, you're an expert. <laughs> um, if we're going to get really practical, like maybe we could mention just for an example, like what would be a serious reason and what wouldn't be? Like where maybe you, you're not going to draw the line for every single situation, but in a general sense, like can you give an example of what a grave reason yeah, would be? Or even like a, an example of like a couple in a position that might be kind of discerning this, you know what I mean? Well, Jenny can do that because she has a lot of contact with it, but I would say like the husband says, well, I'd really like to buy this Maserati. <laughs> yeah. I need to save up money, and I know that kids cost Same. X number of dollars a year. <laughs> he knows that number for sure. It's a Nissan Envy. It's not a Maserati. It's a it's a Ford Transit. It's a <laughs> sexy twelve passenger van. Really <laughs> nice. So, I mean, that would obviously not be a grave reason. It's not something mm-hmm. they, that they need or would impact their marriage in a way that could be detrimental to their marriage, the couple's marriage, uh, if they didn't have it. Like. And I think that's kind of the, one of the key principles to discern is it grave or not is my first vocation is to my wife or husband to wife. Mm-hmm. And so how does this this issue impact that relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, which, 
the other kids will be affected by. So I would say that is a grave reason, or is not rather, but what is a grave reason, I would say, is there can be all sorts of things like illness, you know, that yeah. one of the couples is going through. And it may not even be apparent to lots of other people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just not a good time for a, a baby to come along, or even like if there are uh, issues with anxiety or postpartum you know, depression, other, yeah, yeah, other things like that. I mean, those to me are very serious reasons or grave reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was something that was actually a, a little bit of a, a surprise to me to kind of discover because I just mm-hmm. never thought about it before. Do you want to jump in, honey? Yeah, well, I think part of the reason for the vagary and the lack of, okay, what are the great reasons is because no one's ever lived your marriage before. Mm-hmm. So as you grow as a couple, as you continue to like grow in your faith and form your conscience, according to the law and the teachings of the church and experiencing life together, you'll figure out like, Whoa, my spouse really struggles in this area. Like I didn't anticipate X, Y, and Z. So whether it's like a mental health, crisis or some kind of chronic illness under or unemployment and again like these are all very specific to the couple I know couples who heroically decide you have a terminal illness I want more of you in the world we should have another baby before you die I mean to me that's you know I am I'm running in the opposite direction of that conclusion but I'm not in their circumstance and I don't have the graces that are being poured out on them So it's difficult to say what is or isn't because until you're like kind of there in that experience in your own relationship, you're not necessarily going to know. I'll also say like, as we have more kids and just get to know each other better and love each other longer, the list has grown shorter. Yeah, that's true. Which is kind of counterintuitive. Like I feel less anxious around fertility and family size now at almost six kids than I did with two or three for sure. Yeah. With us, we got pregnant as soon as you could get pregnant. And, uh, we've, I think for the first couple kids, we have three now we were, we're trying to catch up, but now that we have our third, we're like, bring it on. Like (laughs) (laughs) We can have a lot more. My mom always says, once you go past three, it's just logistics. And I think that's <laughs> we're just like always on zone defense from there right. on. It's no man-to-man. Yeah. Yeah, right. Hi, friends. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, Annunciation Designs. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know I love Annunciation Designs. If you are wanting items in your home that bring beauty and help you remember Christ throughout the day, Annunciation Designs has you covered. Tea towels, aprons, and mugs with hand-lettered saint quotes, Catholic stickers, magnets, totes. One of my favorite items is a window cling with the morning offering prayer that you could easily stick to your bathroom mirror to remember to pray when you're brushing your teeth. Annunciation Designs also has beautiful hand-lettered shirts and sweatshirts. Everyone in my family has a Saint Goals shirt that call to mind the virtues of saints like Saint Gianna, Saint Therese, Saint Maximilian Kolbe, and Saint Joseph. These shirts are by far the items in our wardrobe that we get the most compliments on. And my absolute favorite items in the shop are the hand-printed baby swaddles. I love the Marian option and ones with the Saint Benedict medal printed on them. For your next baby shower, birthday party, or Christmas gift exchange, check out AnnunciationDesigns.com. Also, Annunciation Designs offers a monthly subscription that is perfect for homeschooling families, 
religious education classes, or for kids who just love to get letters in the mail. The Wanderlust Catholic is a subscription to a monthly letter exploring a Catholic church, apparition site, saint home, or pilgrimage site. It's beautifully hand-lettered and illustrated, and a great way to introduce your kids to the universality of our Catholic faith. Sign up for just $6 a month at AnnunciationDesigns.com. Use the coupon code DIAPERS15 for 15% off your first three months. In terms of like people who want to get on board with NFP, they're a Catholic couple, but they still have like a little bit of a fear of having more kids. And so they're still using, you know, contraception in some way, but like want to be able to make that transition. Yeah, I think it's just we live in a different culture now. Right. And even though someone is Catholic and even wants to follow the church's teaching, they could be using contraception Mm -hmm. and just realizing, oh, my goodness, it's actually against church teaching. And now I want to try out NFP, but it sounds like just don't have sex most of the time. Um, They've already built up these habits. So it's a difficult transition to make, I think. Yeah, it definitely requires like a a radical rewiring of the way you think about sex and marriage Mm -hmm. and what we are oriented for. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that we actually, in our wedding vows as Catholics, if we use the traditional wedding vows, you know, we agree to accept children willingly from God and raise them Mm -hmm. in the church. And I don't feel like most marriage instruction spends enough time like kind of fleshing that out but I think you wake up at some point in your marriage and as you grow if you are like seeking to intentionally like encounter God more and more deeply you have to face this reality that you know what everything I learned from the culture and everything I've observed from like living in like an affluent western society is actually totally counterintuitive to what God's plan for married sexuality and love looks like. Yeah. And that can take, I mean, that can take a lot of years and tears and work to dismantle some of that. And I think, you know, also realizing like we in America at least live in a very Protestant culture. So Mm -hmm. everything, even within the small C church, everything that we know about fertility and that we've experienced and been taught is that it's like this, irrepressible force to be constantly like tamped down, cut off, shut off. Like it's a dangerous, demanding, unwieldy kind of Hmm. want to play with fire. And even as married couples, there can be a real like disassociation between sex and, and, and fruitfulness. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really realize even like being raised as a Catholic and knowing we were going to use NFP and be open I had to come up against a lot of those kind of foundational beliefs in myself. Like mm-hmm. my fertility is a burden. It's strangling me. I'm drowning. I'm why is God letting us suffer in this way? Like we're trying to be faithful and he's sending us like back to back babies and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it helped for us to a address like underlying anxieties and maybe even mental health issues, but also like, to lean into, okay, well, what does the church say about children and what does scripture say about children? Mm -hmm. And the only thing that magisterial teaching and 
scripture ever has to say about children is that they're only and always a blessing. Yeah. And it's just so radically countercultural. Quiver full of arrows. Right. Not in a crazy Duggar way, like blow your uterus out, having as many kids as possible in 12 years. But like (laughs) that when we do discern, like we can't be open right now. That's actually like a poverty. Like it's Mm. something to like have a little bit of grief over and say like, gosh, I would like to be with you. I didn't have these grave reasons that necessitated us to like step up and practice like heroic virtue and abstinence. Um, I will I will kind of commiserate um, with some people who are listening kind of off of that. Like I, I remember s- sometimes when we were practicing NFP to avoid, is that what you're talking about? Practicing to avoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're no longer practicing. We're experts now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, when we're practicing to avoid and as a man, like I remember when I would find out, it goes against like, I think the nature of fertility. So I'm not saying there's a good thing, but when I'd find out we were infertile for that night, I would get a little bit excited because I knew like we could be intimate that night. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something to be avoided, but I just want to mention it from a man's perspective. It was like a little bit like you're annoyed when your wife is fertile and excited when she's infertile and that's against what should be the case i think yeah that's interesting i like what you said jenny about children always being a blessing and fertility being a gift yeah and i never heard of it said um you know talking about it being like almost something to grieve that like you're not able to to try for children at that time but Mm -hmm. what cameron what you're saying is interesting i'd love to ask you guys about like times in your relationship when you've had to avoid for one reason or the other and um how do you like maintain a healthy sexual relationship if you are at that point well first of all we have a king-size bed (laughs) now uh, we sleep on opposite sides of (laughs) anyway that's helpful (laughs) yeah no uh no it's funny cameron yeah i can also relate to what you're saying you know uh because i think there's an element of like you don't want your intimacy to be sort of overlayered with concern or stress or you just want it to be kind of free. And I don't know how to really express it, but just, uh, I think part of that is too, like, and not necessarily for you, but for me, it is somewhat cultural conditioning. Like yep. we're led to expect that sex doesn't have consequences mm-hmm. um, or it shouldn't, you know? But and that you get to have all the sex that you would that like you to want. have. Yeah. yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't like I, I, you know, bemoaned my wife's fertility or like didn't want to have kids because it's a complicated emotion. But I just wanted physical affection for my wife. And I think when a man hears about NFP or like thinks about going to a class, it's just he he just thinks of the negative stuff like the negative sense of like NFP means I can't have sex when I want to. Right. Yeah. But I mean, there are lots of things that we, if we want to achieve a certain result, can't have whenever we want them, whether it's like an extra hour in bed instead of getting up to run or 
holiness and charity without growing in prayer or growing in works Mm -hmm. of mercy or like even bodybuilding. I mean, there's just in a culture that values extremism and like militant dedication in so many places. I always find it kind of ironic that like the one place, like we're not willing to like put any skin in the game is sex. Yeah. Like my puns are better than your puns, man. Yeah. That was good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's really true. Especially if you look at sports, I mean, the Olympics are a great example, you know, what people are willing to go through the Mm. years and years of training and investment and um, all for a medal, you know? So I will say one of the interesting, like we've been talking about the negative sense, like avoiding and um, consequences and all that. But one of, one of the like great benefits I've found from NFP is when you're practicing to conceive and how special that is that you have this like full yes to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like as a man, you're saying yes to you and your fertility and the way your body is wired right now. Just yes yeah. to you completely right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And you're like thinking of the child you might conceive. And it's just yeah. such a great benefit to NFP is knowing that, wow, this is like peak fertility time. Like we're trying to conceive and it can get really, yeah, yeah it's just, a, I think, a beautiful way. You wouldn't have that knowledge if it wasn't for NFP. Right. Yeah. There's probably a lot of information for people. And it's hard to know what next steps are, but what kind of resources do you recommend for people who want to learn more or want to start charting? Well, definitely we recommend off the charts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell us more about that because it's kind of, it has come from like, you know, over the years you've been writing and I know the NFP question has come up a lot. So was it just like a, you know, compilation of, you know, the course of many years or where did where did off the charts come from? You know, it really came around the same time that this baby came to be. And I just mm. kind of looked at the reality of what life was going to look like with six kids and said, I'm not going to be able to continue doing the work I'm doing at the same pace and in the same way. And so when I sat and thought with like, well, what, what work does God still have for me? Like the thing people are constantly emailing and messaging. And whenever I get invited to talk at a conference or retreat, it's always on NFP. So I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, (laughs) that's the thing that you want to talk about God. And I kind of threw this concept out there, like, could you get, could you use more support? Like, do you wish there was some kind of ongoing formation, education and resource platform? And overwhelmingly, it was an enthusiastic yes. Like before I even had time to like cobble together a website. And so it's just been growing from there. And it looks gorgeous. Oh, too. Yeah. The gorgeous yeah. website. It's a, you know, it's a work in progress, but it's really, I tell people to think of it as like, Catholic or not Catholic, but like NFP Netflix, like you log in, mm-hmm. you've got different, th- different directions you can go. Are you really like looking for support with like postpartum NFP? Are you having communication issues? Um, mm-hmm. Questions around intimacy. And I really wanted it to be a method neutral. So we have instructors and experts from all the major methods represented in the like interviews and workshops. And I also wanted it to be, a source of ongoing information and formation so that people are not just getting like the practical answers, but they're also getting access to 
um, the opportunity to like deepen their understanding of what the faith is asking and like their appreciation for the church's teachings. So a big component of it also is this section that is called ask a priest. And we have a moral theologian and then another priest who answer questions um, that are submitted anonymously every month by off the charts members. And they're pretty intense. Like if you've read Christopher West's like the good news about sex and marriage, it gets into like very detailed, intimate, specific questions. And I think the nature of how we've set it up, which allows people to be anonymous has given people a a lot of freedom to ask like, well, what about oral sex? Well, what about, arousal during periods of abstinence what about and just kind of like throwing out there all the questions that they've had but haven't had a safe place to ask them whether because they didn't really get it in their family of origin or their pastor gets super uncomfortable when they bring it up in the confessional so you know my hope is somebody really gets this additional formation and confidence and is eventually able to like not need off the charts anymore and kind of becomes a disciple for NFP and for Christian marriage in their own little sphere of influence. I I love that so much. I feel like that's such a a great resource. And I don't know what um, your marriage prep was like, but I know in a lot of dioceses, it seems like NFP is um, just kind of like a small component of marriage prep, prep, if it's even a component at all. So to have a resource like this where people who don't feel equipped and are now, you know, have entered into marriage and feel overwhelmed. I just, yeah, I think that's, I think it's awesome. So uh, how do people find off the charts? I mean, we'll have it in our show notes, but how can people find it? Yeah. So it's just off the charts, nfp.com. And then I do like to hop on Instagram a couple times a month and I'll do lives around like communication in the bedroom or, theology of the body and like sexual intimacy and just like some of the topics that people are like, I'm so curious and I would never ask somebody this in person. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of a good like resource for, and then um, on the off the charts website, I still do blog there and those are um, that's unlocked content. It's not specific to the members. So is there anything you wanted to share before we sign off? Like anything we didn't cover that you think is really important? I just think, it's really a beautiful and undersold aspect of marriage to pray together as a couple Mm. and to pray about stuff that like maybe no one told you you should pray about this as a couple. Like we have found so much solace and also so much um, courage and direction by praying about our fertility together. Mm -hmm. And it's allowed us to have just a depth of intimacy And also like compassion for one another that I wouldn't have imagined like early in marriage. And it's also uncovered like some very real pain points for like, oh, we need to get some more help or some more support around that. Um, I think it's easy to kind of put God in a box. Like he doesn't want like the messy or like the very personal or intimate pieces, but he does. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where he does some of his best work. So if people take anything from this, I hope it's, pray about your sex life because it will change your life. Mm. I love that so much. Um, Great. Why don't I go ahead and uh, close this in a prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to um, chat today. And we pray for all those listening in their marriages and family life, Lord, that we would continue to 
be open to your will for us. And Lord, give us the the grace and um, guidance and desire to um, pray with one another and to continue to grow um, closer together as couples. And um, Jesus, we we love you and we offer this prayer to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hi friends, thanks for listening in today. Wherever you are on your NFP journey, know that you're in our prayers. We'd love to hear from you, friends. We're online at diapersanddisciples.com and Facebook and Instagram at diapersanddisciples. To support the show and access bonus and extended episodes, visit patreon.com slash diapersanddisciples. To check out the NFP community off the charts, visit offthechartsnfp.com. Thanks, friends. Until next time, God bless.